Award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Mr. Dale Grandstaff is joining us. Yeah, seen him on. Forward to this. Seen him on before and uh, had him on in the past, and uh, great to have him back. And uh, he's taking on a new role. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And uh, Mr. Don King helping me co-host. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Appreciate the invite and. Uh Glad you're dealing me in around the card table here this yeah, morning. Yeah, always happy to have you with me. Um, couldn't do it without you. I know. Um, couldn't do it without our radio sp- oh, our radio man. partners you as know, well. You know that is for sure. We're on 23 radio stations across the state right now, and uh, just do a, a quick shout out to uh, the Centerville station. That would be Kicks 96, and uh, we are all over that station. 5:50 every morning. Um, uh, Monday through Friday yeah. with the Wildcast Extra. And then Saturday's the full show at 7 a.m. So, uh, you know, just keep in mind, Kicks 96 right there in Centerville. And among other, our 22 other stations across the state and growing. So, yeah. Uh, we appreciate them very much. Definitely. I like how that rolls off the tongue. Kicks 96. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is nice. So, anyway, go check them out. Centerville, Tennessee. Go check out that station and uh, listen to the show there. Um, also, I wanted to talk about what i'm wearing here the hats the new hats this is the brand new hat the most recent update i like that to the uh to the e-store shop.goutdoorstennessee.com uh pick you up a hat for those listening it is uh camo around the back uh brown in the front with the with the leatherish patch on the on the front with the logo it's, yeah it's cool looking i like that and and you're wearing one that's real similar just all the way brown around and with the leather patch right? yeah and this is this is kind of the classic you know i've been wearing this one for a long time but cindy tells me back in our uh inventory department that we're down to like a few boxes of these so yeah. they were they've been very popular so if you if you uh like this one go ahead and uh, get your order in when yeah. you most hats are 20 bucks, uh, and that's shop.goutdoorstennessee.com. Yep. Uh, goutdoorstennessee.com is where you get your licenses and all kinds of uh, stuff like that. So make sure you check out that site before you head out. And uh, anyway, it's good to have Dale with us. You know what has a good ring to it? What's that? Lieutenant Colonel. That's it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. What, what do you think, Dale? We'll see how it goes. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited about it. Well, when I heard Dale uh, got the the new, uh, not the new, but uh, was promoted to Lieutenant Colonel, I thought, well, we got to get him on the show and talk yeah. about that and talk about deer hunting because he's, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to deer, and I love talking to him, and, and it's going to be fun to have him on the show today. And like I told you, it's busy this time of year and Monday mornings. Whenever we uh, get uh, finished with our weekend, we're like, I'm going to be in the stand hunting. So uh, typically I'd be hunting on this day. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you giving up your hunting day today. We really do. We really do. For sure. Well, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, yourself. I know folks, uh, you know, if they've seen or watched, listened to the show, they know who you are. But uh, just kind of give us a little background. When did you get started and how did you come up through the ranks? Um, My first, of course, I went to... uh, had to get a college degree to get the job, but yeah. my uh, I went to Tennessee Tech. I uh, got an undergraduate in wildlife fisheries Go science Eagles, there, right. and uh, from there I, I actually got into the graduate program there uh, under Dr. Bulow in the fisheries program. So I got a master's in fisheries biology, and <clears throat> when I graduated in '98, I actually got a job with the agency in Sept- on September 1st, and I didn't graduate till December. 
So from September 1st to December, <laughs> it was rough. I don't, oh, I don't recommend it at all because I was trying to finish my thesis and get all that finalized, but also wow. do the training required to, to keep the job. Wow. So it was difficult, but made it through it. And uh, my first assignment, they called me and they said, uh, um, we're going to put you in Sullivan County. And uh, do you know what they asked me? Well, do you know where that's at? I said, I know where Knoxville's at. <laughs> I had never been that far east. And uh, it was another 180 miles or so east of Knoxville. I thought I was going to rural America. And yeah. I thought, I'm going to the mountains. It's going to be rural. I'm from middle Tennessee. And I get there, and there's more people there than there were where I'm from. Oh, it wow. Was just, it was just uh, kind of a culture shock for me. Mm -hmm. uh, the first year there, uh, they took 600 deer in the county. It's a big county, Sullivan County, 600 deer. I was used to Smith County, nearly 4,000. That was the that was the, sh the shock for me. Wow. Uh, but from there, um, I always knew I wanted to be in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh -huh. Montgomery County came open uh, about a year, just over a year later. I moved, transferred to Montgomery County. I was the officer there um, really for uh, a long time, along with Jeremy Odom. But uh, in um, 2000. 12 i promoted a sergeant uh -huh. uh, still in the county but over uh, kind of a, over a smaller portion there and then in 2015 promoted to the captain of the district in this middle northern middle tennessee area district 21 and then just recently promoted to lieutenant colonel and so i'm i'm uh, i've been through the ranks and I'm, I'm excited about the job good yeah good deal seven days in i guess now and and, and you say uh, your, your calendar's already booked up and uh, already busy i'm already booked and got <laughs> stuff going on every day and they uh, wanted wanted to know do I use um, the Outlook uh, calendar, and I said no. But I'm going to start. I'm going to have to start doing it. I've got to. I've got it on my phone, but I've got to start putting it out there so they can see where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a help. It yeah. really is. I was the same way when I first started. I didn't. I didn't use it, but it, it it's helpful. Yeah, you'll like it. And you know, I've always told everybody when you hire on with the agency. You're pretty much expected any opening weekend, anytime you you have typically hunted. Uh, if you're a hunter, you're going to have hunted every opening weekend. Right. When you hire with the agency, you're going to be expected to give those weekends up. And so for 24 years, 24 hunting seasons, I've given up opening weekends of everything. Sure. Except this uh, past muzzleloader <laughs> season. I All went right. muzzleloader hunting. Um, I felt like, you know, I got promoted, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, take this morning off. <laughs> Good for and you. And experience it like uh, like I used to and experience it like hunters are going to. And, and uh, when I got out that opening morning of muzzleloader, um, at 5.30, there were more people out already kind of on the roads and stirring than I had seen in a long time. Huh. It was a perfect day. Mm. Um, and, and that morning, I got in a stand, and about um, an hour after daylight, I shot a, a really nice eight-pointer. So it was just kind of a satisfying to be able to go 24 years not having to go on an opening day and then just decide I'm going to go and get one of my target deer. Right. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. I've, I've seen a lot of pictures floating around. A lot of people were successful. Yeah. But uh, we've, we've got the deer that you shot. You, you gave us, sent us a picture. That's uh, a nice eight point. Nice eight point. Uh, uh, really uh, tall tines on it. It was just a nice deer to take. And uh, I enjoyed the hunt. I had five eight pointers out in front of me event, You know, at some point. Wow. And um, he came through, gave me a great shot. I let him lay for a little while. He ran off. I knew I hit him good, but he ran off. And I thought, I'm just going to enjoy the morning, mm -hmm. listen for shots around, see if there's anybody uh, else uh, being successful. Yeah. And just enjoy the morning. And so I let him lay for about two hours. And then, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone texting friends and family and <laughs> yeah. asking about their hunts. I'm actually texting officers and asking them, you know, are they doing any good as far as how, how their mornings are going? And um, I went, I got down and walked to the deer, finally just walked up on it. And this is kind of what I walked up on. Two hours later, the coyotes had already gotten to him really? and ate his tail off. Mm. And so that's where they started. And uh, that's what I walked up on and found. I was kind of shocked. I didn't see them, but I saw signs of them. Huh. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. If you're if you're listening, go back and watch the show. You'll see the the picture of the deer. But yeah, it's crazy how they they got there that quick. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't um, never experienced that before. I guess I, that's really the first time I, I've experienced it overnight, but not yeah, exactly. that quickly from uh-huh. the stand to go find him two right. hours. Yeah. Right. I did see a coyote in the field, but he didn't go that way. He wasn't even close. I was kind of shocked that they had found him that quickly. Huh. Wow. Well, it was a good a good uh, muzzleloader season. Had a lot of nice uh nice deer checked in uh seen a lot of photos like i said it was a it was a good good opening morning I'm glad you got to do it yeah glad you enjoyed got to it out there yeah um well uh the weather's good right now right it's i mean it's awesome it's been a great so far so great far. hunting season with the weather uh it's been about perfect the rut has kicked in uh it kicked in around the end of october you started seeing all the deer kind of hit on the sides of the roads and you started seeing more activity um you know, I-24, I just call it the Boone and Crockett Highway because it's going from – it's everybody from the south and southeast goes up 24 to hit Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, all those Boone and Crockett states that you typically think about, and then they come back. Um, and so we see a lot of big antlered um, – a lot of antlers that are capped, skull uh-huh. capped because of chronic waste. They, they get them mm-hmm. right, but they still want to display that rack, and they'll have it on their four-wheeler on their truck so you can see it. Um, but when you start seeing those animals, the deer – hit on the road through there the rut is kicking in yeah and it and it, it was uh, obvious this year yeah 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 so be careful out there i know um you know it's it can be dangerous but keep an eye out and like you said before the show we were talking you know some interstates have those dividing dividers in the middle and they just don't know what to do when they come across one of those whether to jump it or turn back or or what to do it's, a lot yeah. of times if they came up on that they're going to get they're going to get hit so yeah. the the drivers need to be absolutely careful from the last week of october for sure all the way through november yeah. that's that's the time mm-hmm. well um speaking of scoring you're you're uh you do a lot of that i do a lot of scoring uh, um i get requests a lot i'm i'm when i was an officer in the county you kind of you know you you answer your calls and you get to uh, uh if someone calls you wanting to score a deer you have the time to kind of schedule it to go do it mm-hmm. and as i promoted a sergeant i could still do it some and as a captain i still did it some uh-huh. um and I will chill, still try to do it, but uh, I had to pick and choose how I would score. And recently, I actually had a lady call me, and she wanted a, an elk scored. She said it's some kind of a record elk, and uh-huh. she sent me a picture of it. I was skeptical, but I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll go score this elk. And I show up, and I'm about halfway through scoring it. It's a good elk. It's not huge. I thought it was her grandfather's, and I thought it was some type of a keepsake. And yeah. she's going to keep it for the family and hang on the wall. And about halfway through it, she said, no, I just need a score so I can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would not have picked that one to score because I I really you know like the people that have harvested something and they, they it's a, it's the memory of and they just want to know a score on it. Most of them don't want to even put it in the record books. They just want to know what it scores sure. so they can put the paperwork with it uh-huh. and hang it up. Well, there's a lot of a lot of bucks being killed this time of year, so you know that's you're probably going to get a lot more calls. I'm gonna get a lot more. I just wanted to while, while we're talking about it, uh, the Boone and Crockett scoring. These are some sheds that I brought in that I've never brought in before. I mean, okay, I found yeah. these in the past three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a, what you would call a non-typical antler, split G2 kickers off the G3. Uh, this deer is going to score really high. It's a good non-typical deer. So does uh, just in case people are wondering, yep. does the split make it a non-typical or just the kickers? A typical rack is just going to have points straight off the main beam. Okay. Everything that comes straight off is normally a typical. Typical. Uh, but this one splits mm-hmm. right there. It splits, so it makes it non-typical. And gotcha. these little stickers make it non-typical. So it's going to have a lot of non-typical growth. And the other side, I'm assuming, is going to have a split and have extra points. Mm-hmm. So 
100%, this is going to be scored as a non-typical. But within his non-typical frame, he's got these long, regular points yeah. that are going to bump his score up really big. Uh, just a, a very nice deer. So non-typical, and then I've got these sheds. These are matching sheds that I found about um, probably about 5, 10 feet from each other. Mm. Um, but Those this is a nice. typical 12, and you can see every point comes up off the main beam. There's no stickers. There's no kickers. Nothing irregular about it. And this thing is going to score really well, really mm -hmm. high. I didn't score it, but I'm going to guess uh, right at 170. High 160s, 170. So it's going to hit that typical Boone and Crockett mark of 170 probably. That's a good good idea for people watching to kind of know if they see something like that or shoot something like that. It's probably close to a It's going to get close. And it, a 12-pointer, yeah. it takes a 12-pointer, a big 10 or a 12-pointer to really hit that. And this is a 12, so I'm assuming it's going to hit it just mm -hmm. by eyeballing it. And where did you come up with those, Dale? They're from Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he can say. That's all I can say. That's all I will say. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, um, Hey, speaking of non-typical, yeah, you know we held the world record for non-typical uh, for a, for a time, and that was yes. a couple of years, wasn't it, Dale? Yeah, it was 2016. Um, it was uh, Stephen Tucker. Stephen Tucker. It was November the 16th. I remember it because I was sitting in a deer stand, muzzleloader hunting, and I had just shot the biggest deer I'd ever shot in my life. Uh -huh. It was a beautiful deer, um, really big deer. It was in the 160 range, and I got the trail camera. I got a picture of the Tucker buck that had just been shot. I knew about the deer, and I kept telling everybody, I said, if this deer gets shot, it's going to be right at – it's going to be a state record, no doubt. Uh -huh. um, and I saw that picture, and I'm like, <laughs> my deer is still laying out there, and I'm looking at this deer. But, I mean, uh, so I scored that Tucker buck, green scored it that night. I got out of the stand, wow. loaded my deer up, took my pictures and everything, loaded my deer up, and went to Gallatin and scored that deer, green scored it that night. And I when I scored it – and wrote down the green score numbers. Um, I didn't want anybody to see it because I'm like, this is maybe not right. <laughs> because it was too high. I'm like, this is big. Let me check my I was afraid here, because, right? you know, Facebook and people getting on social media, I was afraid to even show them because they yeah. were all looking over my shoulder and I was writing numbers down. So I was trying to keep the sheet separate so they couldn't really tell. But when I, I redid it and redid it and redid it, and I'm like, this is right. And uh, when I came up with the uh, green score, um, it was at 308-ish, which was the, if, if that would hold, it was going to be the largest hunter-killed non-typical ever since 2003. Wow. And uh, and it held, but it was actually higher. I was very conservative. I wasn't going to over-exaggerate this at all. So by the time I rescored it, it was at 312. Still a little conservative because there were so many pockets and just <laughs> this thing was crazy. Yeah. So when we did the uh, the Booney Crockett um, committee, the, the, the awards banquet, they had a panel of official scores that came in, and they scored it at just over 315. Mm. So the official score on the Tucker Buck was just over 315, wow. um, which is giant. But since 2016, um, 2019 was when the uh, they did the awards banquet, and they recognized his buck. So since 2019, there have been two deer taken in the, in the country that are both bigger than the Tucker Buck. Huh. So it's bumped the Tucker Buck down to the number three hunter killed non-typical ever. Wow. So that means that the Tucker Buck is the number five overall non-typical. There's two at the top that were not hunter killed huh. that were picked up. So those two are still at the top. Hit by a car or something? Yeah, a train, a car. Okay. Um, so the Missouri Monarch and the Ohio Hole in the Horn. Those mm. are the two that are still at the top that were picked up. They weren't hunter killed. But the three below that... Uh, one is from Illinois, 
one is from Kansas, and then the Tucker Buck. So yeah. the Tucker Buck is number five all-time ever non-typical. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool to think that came out of Tennessee. Yeah, and for know. a while it was the number one hundred killed for, for you know a couple of years anyway. And Stephen was nice enough to let us do a replica yes. of mm-hmm. his of that that deer. So we we've, yeah. we've got it in a nice display and have been able to show that off in yeah. many places over the last few years. Yeah. Well, I remember the day we were in the the conference room measuring and y'all were doing the measuring and and it took oh my took a while. It was a long day. I tell everybody that was the most stressful time <laughs> of my career. I'm telling you because uh, there were so many people watching. I think there was like a, over a million views on the Facebook Live when oh, they were yeah. when they were when it was sitting there and we were scoring it. People were watching it, watching it, watching it, and uh, it got crazy. And uh, when we we finally came up with the final score, uh, submitted it, but Boone and Crockett wanted to rescore it just to be certain because if it's a new hunter killed record, they want to be certain on certain measurements because it's a difficult rack. So we rescored it about a month later from. During that month, probably the most stressful of my career because I'm thinking, <laughs> I hope we come up with the same score. Yeah, right. And we were within uh, two eighths of an inch wow. when we rescored it. So wow. that was that was pretty good. Well, that shows you pretty, how, how talented accurate. Dale is. Yeah, and, and when you you mentioned green score, tell me what what that means compared um, to the whenever someone harvests an animal, the once they clean the skull cap and uh-huh. you prepare it to mount it or clean the clean any uh, bone any uh, meat brain matter anything uh-huh. just clean it then the drying period starts you you wait 60 days from gotcha. the time it's cleaned so anything prior to that is a green score gotcha anything after the 60 day drying period can be the real score okay yeah mm-hmm. the submitted score i wasn't sure so a lot of people a lot of people was. can't wait so yeah. they'll call and <laughs> and they'll be like i've got a big deer and can you come score it and i'm thinking if I score it now, it means I got to score it again. Yeah, right. Two times. If yeah. it's close, which yeah. I, I don't mind. I, I, I like seeing them. I like people get excited about it, and they can send me a picture, and instantly I know, oh yeah, I want to go. I want to go score this deer because it's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize we had one shot in the in the state um, illegally, but the state can grow these deer. We had another deer shot in the state around that same time the Tucker Buck was taken, that would potentially be the new state typical record. Uh, it was in the high 180s, typical. It was a typical 14-pointer, um, just a beautiful deer, but um, but unfortunately uh, was taken uh, uh, illegally. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's sad, but but it's uh, it's awesome to to see the. We're growing some great yeah, deer. We're growing, we're growing great, great, deer. great deer. Yeah, yeah. We're we're perfect where we're at right now. It just seems like we're perfect. Other than chronic waste, as far mm-hmm. as the rest of the state, I feel uh-huh. like we're in a perfect situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Um, it is uh, gun season is in full swing right now. What's some tips that you could give hunters that are going out uh, during the gun season? Uh, uh, what do they need? How do they need to be hunting right now? Any tips that you can give them? I guess the one thing that I was thinking about, just <clears throat> so they understand this, is uh, because officers in the field are saying, "Hey, um, even though we're getting the information out, people aren't tagging them. Uh-huh. They aren't. They're waiting till they yeah. get home, or Tag they, they feel drag, they yeah. feel like they've got twenty four hours still, that type of thing. So make sure." That if you don't have good cell service or if you don't have a um, smartphone, tag it. And then if you get it to the house, go ahead and get on your computer or get somebody to, to check it in for you or go to a check station. Uh, but the best thing is if you're right there in the field, go ahead and get it plugged in on your phone and get it, get your confirmation number and you're good. Yep. You can take it home. What's great about the app is you don't have to be connected to cell service for it to actually generate a number for you. Uh, so you can get that confirmation number on that deer, and then once you hit sell service, it'll shoot that number up, and 
and make you legal. But you're, you're legal as soon as you get that number and you get it, yes. get it on there. So yeah, that's good. Well, what about um, what about somebody that's you know fairly new to hunting or, or just getting out this time of year? You know, what do they need to be looking for? Would you suggest uh, hunting fields, hunting woods? Any tips and tricks for them? It's still uh, northern in the state where I'm at up along the Tennessee Kentucky line. Still, definitely the rut is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always around Thanksgiving, I always say that the rut is still really good, it's still strong, but it'll start to tail off once you hit December. Uh, then you'll get some more that'll start coming in that didn't get bred in November, uh, but it won't be as strong in December. Right now, it is strong. It's going to start going out, but uh, anywhere, if you can get in a field with some food or even in the woods, I mean, if you can just get in the woods, they're still going to be running by you. Uh-huh. They're, they're not on a really set pattern. You get into late December, they're going to get on a food pattern. And uh, hunting uh, some ag fields or uh, um, where they where they like to browse or something some kind of food source is where they're really going to go to. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, hunting those doe beds and things like that? If you know where the doe are hanging out, and there probably is a couple of them that are not bred, especially some of the younger ones, uh, the bucks are going to come check them. Mm-hmm. So that that would be a possibility of getting in close to a thicket or something where you where you know some doe are hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what about? Um, Hey, I'm curious, yeah, Dale. Tell me a little bit about how you got interested in the outdoors. You know, I mean, way yeah. back, you know, as a kid, or um, how, who introduced you to, to this? Whenever thing? I was uh, a little kid, uh, I remember I think in 1981, we were driving down the road, and um, I saw a deer for the first time standing on my grandfather's farm, mm. uh, just crossed the road in front of us and went on his farm, and so uh, that is where I pretty much to learn all of my hunting and fishing skills and types of uh, outdoor activities was on my grandfather's farm. Um, and I actually used this example in my interview for Lieutenant Colonel. Um, I had a picture of the farm that I grew up on, and I told, um, uh, they asked, you know, what's the picture? Because you don't usually see a picture on a resume. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked them, they asked me, you know, what's the picture? And I said, well, that is um, a picture that I took in probably 1997 or 96. And uh, that farm is where I grew up. That's where I killed my first deer. That's where I killed my first turkey, my first squirrel, my first rabbit, trapped my first possum. Uh, And then the pond, the farm pond on the farm is where I caught my first largemouth bass. (laughs) And I said I got hired on September 1st of 1998. That farm sold about two weeks later. I had a job, and I could afford to buy some of it. So my brother and I bought 150 acres of it back when it sold. Oh, man. And I still have that farm. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, that's where cool. I, that's where it all started for me. Yep. That's awesome. Be able to go back with your brother and, and hunt yeah. on the farm. And One stop shop. We've there. added we've added to it. We've got about a three hundred twenty five acre track now. Um, putting some ponds on it, putting managing it for um, for for deer for turkeys, uh, creating some thickets. We've got a forestry program on it. We, we're really doing it upright, uh, so that in the future when we get to be 60, 70, we don't have to really work hard at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. Um, not a lot of people, or some people don't have private land, don't have that access yes. or that, that opportunity. What what would you suggest for people who maybe need to find public land? I, I can say tnwildlife.org to find those pieces of property to, to check out the maps and things like that. But any suggestions on hunting public land? You, you might even uh, check with uh, uh, state forestry. There's probably going to be properties that the state forestry uh, forest service owns that we uh-huh. don't have in our in our hunting guide or on yeah. our website, possibly. Uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife has uh, properties that they allow hunting on. Uh, if you dig, Corps of Engineers 
if you dig a little bit, you'll find some places that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Mm-hmm. The obvious places, there are going to be probably a lot of people, but those places that aren't advertised as well uh, would be a, probably a, a sure bet to go at least uh, get a, a pretty decent quality hunt on. And it's safe to say that you're definitely going to see a lot of people on weekends and opening days. But if you can slip out there in the middle of the week, that's, you that's might your be, best bet. You might be by yourself. Yeah, on the weekends, it's when everybody's off. Of course, that's why officers are required <laughs> for me, would be yeah. required to work opening weekends of, of anything. Uh, that's when people are going to hunt. That's when your primary, your, your, your most of your crew is going to be out there. Uh, during the week, uh, you could almost have a place almost to yourself. There'll be people hunting, but it uh-huh. won't be anything like the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, locally, and, and you hate to just blast uh, a close WMA, but we got Cheatham. It's 27,000 acres, yeah. around 22,000 acres. Um, and then we've got some that's, that's just outside of Nashville. We've got Percy Priest WMA. Uh, the only issue with around this area is so many people are moving here. Y'all have seen this. Yep. Uh, so many people are moving here. The price of land's going up. It's almost going to be impossible for a private citizen to have a big chunk of land to hunt right, in, right. in the near future. It's just gotten outrageous. You're going to have to go way outside of Nashville to find something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and speaking of people out of state, you know, I, during turkey season, I, I ran across a lot of folks from out of state coming to Tennessee to hunt. It's becoming a destination for people to come hunt, and they're hunting our public lands. And I think it's great to see them out there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that Tennessee is a place to be when it comes to hunting. I talked to a lot of people around the country, and I had uh, someone call me asking about Tennessee and, and wanting to come hunt it and asking about public lands. And uh, they, were, they were thinking about Kentucky, trying to lease some property in Kentucky, uh-huh. but they saw the price of our license they saw you could get another buck in Tennessee and then the, the, the turkey limits. And they just kind of thought Tennessee was a the best place to be for their money. Mm-hmm. And and so they're coming to Tennessee next year to try to find a place. And um, good luck. You know, they'll, they'll if they look hard enough, they'll find something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I always say, check your guide, you know, tmwildlife.org. Uh, click on the, the guide there. Uh, look up those WMAs. Some of them are state, same as statewide season, so you can hunt the same as what your unit is, you know. Um, but also make sure you check and it's not a quota hunt only property yeah. and uh, know the rules, right? No, know what you're doing before you get in the woods for sure. Or have that hunting guide with you and flip through it while you're hunting. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or on your phone. It on your phone. Just yeah. pull your phone up. Yeah. <laughs> the app is the app is great because I mean it's got the guide, it's got the tag before you drag, uh, it's it's got sunrise, sunset, yeah, tables. It's pretty, pretty yeah. good little tool for the tool belt. It so. really is. Well, Dale, it's been fun. Yeah, thank y'all. I've enjoyed it. It went by pretty fast. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> excited. Almost as fast as your interview, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, man, that is so, that is so I'm, cool. I'm glad they uh, had the trust in me and, and uh, have given me the opportunity. I'm, yeah. I'm, I appreciate it. Well, I yeah. think you'll be a, a good one, and uh, I've always enjoyed working with you and appreciate your knowledge and professionalism and all that good stuff. Thank you. Um, well, Don, thank you. You bet. You bet. Thank you, Dale. Uh, don't forget shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com to pick up a hat or, or some other cool stuff. Uh, don't forget gooutdoorstennessee.com to get your license and tmwildlife.org for all the stuff you need as far as the rules and regs. And thanks again to Kix96 in Centerville. Yeah, thank you. All right. This is Tennessee Wildcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. 
Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.